Welcome to the Brisbane Property Podcast with your hosts, Melinda and Scott Jennison from Streamline Property Buyers, your local Brisbane property specialists. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. My name is Scott Jennison. I'm the Acquisitions Manager here at Streamline Property Buyers. A uh, little bit of exciting news. Um, Melinda obviously is normally the director of Streamline, which she always is, um, but also um, just recently, as of yesterday, is now the president of REBA, which is Real Estate Buyers Agents Association in Australia. Congratulations. Thank you, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, yes, that news did break a couple of days ago by the time this episode comes up. So, you know, I feel very grateful that members of the Real Estate Buyers Agents Association of Australia have supported me in being elected to um, lead the association that really um, advocates for best practice across the buyer's agent industry. So there's going to be some exciting times ahead as we work with members to um, grow the membership across Australia, especially um, in the buyer's agent space. There has been a lot of new entrants over recent years. So what we want to do as an association is ensure that we maintain those minimum standards to ensure that if you are partnering with a buyer's agent, um, who is a REBA member, you can be assured that you are working with a quality provider. So I am very grateful, um, super excited about, you know, what that opportunity will present for the organisation, but for the industry as a whole as well. So yeah, thanks for sharing the news, Scott. Yeah, and I think it's also, look, I, I think it's a big thing as well, um, which we'll probably talk in some other episodes and maybe have, have a bit of a chat about um, REBA and what it does and how it works for the consumer. Um, which is an incredibly important part. Um, look, it's why we do our job um, to help people um, avoid making mistakes um, and, and actually help the consumer um, to get into property, whether it's buying your own home or an investment um, property. So having that REBA side of it um, and the backing of someone that is is qualified is, I think, incredibly important. Um, so we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit further. But for today's episode, um, there's some really... Um, Look, Brisbane is changing. We know that um, it's it's changed already and it's developing and changing rapidly um, into the future. And there's a draft um, plan called Shaping Southeast Queensland that's just come out. Yes, that's right, Scott. So about three weeks ago, the Queensland government uh, published their um, Shaping Southeast Queensland um, document, which really is the draft um, Southeast Queensland Regional Plan that directs the future development for the entire region across Southeast Queensland. So uh, this is really important for people to understand because we always talk about on this podcast what Brisbane is going to look like in the future. Um, it's big changes that come through off the back of um, changes to planning schemes um, that are, are a result of things like changing um, infrastructure plans and changing regional plans um, that can impact us as property buyers, especially as property investors. So that's what we're going to unpack today. There's um, there's going to be a lot of detail that we're going to cover. So, I mean, why is it required? We, we, we talk about this and you said, look, it does change. And we've, we've probably been quite happy sitting up here in Brizzy, enjoying the sunshine and, and the peace and quiet. Um, you know, why is something like this is so important and why is it actually required? Well, we all know that every city needs to develop and grow over time. Um, and in the coming decades, Queensland is expected to experience ongoing population growth. And this is likely to exacerbate um, housing shortages that we have been experiencing across recent years. 
Um, there's absolutely no denying the volume of people that have been relocating to southeast Queensland, um, especially off the back of the pandemic. We've seen a huge volume um, of interstate migrants arrive to southeast Queensland. And of course, that puts a lot of pressure on our housing market. Um, within the shaping southeast Queensland plan, um, there are some predictions for population growth um, in that southeast Queensland will have a population of almost 6 million people by 2046. Um, and the projection is that this will require almost 900,000 new homes um, and just over 1 million new jobs. So it is a huge task for the governments of various levels to deliver what a growing city needs. Um, and I think that's the catalyst for why this plan has been updated um, just recently, uh, because I believe the last time that um, the government actually issued a regional plan like this was back in 2017. So there's a lot of change that's happened since then. So yeah, 2017 to, to 2023, that's, that's not a lot of time when you, when you sort of look at that, um, how, how it can change that quick. Um, and I think looking forward, obviously there's, there's a lot of things that's going to happen here in Queensland. Um, so to change from 2017 to now 2023, that updates obviously um, definitely, definitely required. Yeah, and I think going forward, um, the whole intent of this plan is to ensure that the uh, development that comes into play is not overly restrictive. So um, especially in Brisbane, we've seen some very restrictive planning requirements that have um, recently caused um, especially townhouses to be a product type that are very difficult for developers to deliver to the market. Um, and I believe there's going to be some changes off the back of the um, that this this plan that's now been issued by the state government and that will filter down into local planning schemes that will allow for more gentle development and that's that missing middle we've got that high-rise development here in Brisbane and we've got low density development which is single lot homes but we don't have a lot of row houses or townhouses or you know that missing middle and uh, potentially that's where we might see some changes taking place um, but certainly you know density is something that may change in the future across our city. And for people that don't understand that completely, as a simple way, for example, when you're looking at developments and you're looking at townhouses, um, there was restrictions, that, we, and this is why it made it harder for developers, there was restrictions on the amount of car parks that you could put in um, in a certain complex. So you had to allow for those car parks, which obviously took up places where you could put, put some dwellings, where you could um, make the money for the, from the people, um, and also deep planting and things like that. So there's a lot more restrictions on how you could actually use that land and capitalize on the size of that land to what you could put on it because obviously you had deep planting um, for landscaping and you also had car park ratios and things like that and what i'll say i'll touch back on those population projections for people that are not aware southeast queensland has a current population of around 3.8 million people um, and by 2046, it will be home to approximately 6 million people. So this presents an increase of 2.2 million people over the next 25 years. So that sure is a big shift in, in the volume of people that will be living in Southeast Queensland. And you've got to understand how that will impact our city. You know, we jump in the car and we drive from A to B right now, but with, you know, 2.2 more 2.2 million more people, um, what are our roads going to look like in the future? And, and these are some of the decisions that we need to um, consider when we're selecting assets, whether that's a home or a quality investment. Yeah, you've definitely got to think well in advance. What are, what are some of the areas that, that they're sort of considering um, when you look at, say, 2017 
and looking now to 2023, what are some of the things that are possibly updating? So when we look at the last um, Southeast Queensland Regional Plan that was issued back in 2017, um, it considered things like zoning, land suitability and um, ultimate um, developer, you know, whether the, the area is ultimately developable. Um, so they're the supply factors. Um, and it also included demand factors, including household changes, so changes in the size of households, as well as dwelling type requirements. This update is actually going to include a lot more. So um, this 2023 update includes those things um, on the supply side, so zoning, land suitability and ultimate development, but it also extends to include things like development feasibility, that is, what is the financial feasibility of developing land or developing um, high rise or you know medium rise developments? It's also considering transport infrastructure. Now we know that in Brisbane we've got a lot of major infrastructure projects um, already underway, um, and so we need to consider you know where the locations um, might be uh, where we see higher density density development um, located and that's likely to be along those transport corridors as well um, and obviously realistic uptake rates so it's not always easy for developers to acquire land so this regional plan also considers the realistic um, timeframes there and then um, water and waste infrastructure provisions as well. So we need to actually provide services to land when we look at developing that land. And this is something that is considered in this this update. Yeah, I guess you can't do developments if you can't get rid of all the waste and actually supply the water and, and the power and electricity, how people live. So it, it, it's smart that they have to do all these things and they have to develop. And that take that takes definitely a lot of time and planning as well. And so, you know, in relation to the 2017 update, um, the demand side factors that they looked at were things like household changes and um, dwelling type requirements. That's also going to be considered in this update, as well as things like transport accessibility. We keep talking about that because mm -hmm. 2.2 million more people with a car just won't work. There will be a gridlock across our roads. So people will need to rely on public transport in the future. Brisbane is not going to be the same in the future as it is today. Um, school catchments and rankings are also going to be considered. Obviously, with um, more density, we need to consider whether we have the capacity to have school catchments as wide or whether we need to build new schools. Um, and other location attractors. So why are people actually attracted to a particular location? Um, is there a nearby, you know, um, place for them to go swimming? Is there a nearby shopping centre? You know, how easy is it to um live and enjoy the surrounding location um, and finally socioeconomic factors are also going to be considered and i think this is a very important um, component of this um, regional plan update because it's so important that we deliver housing that is affordable um, to the people that need it most and this is something that's being considered in this plan i find that the, the school one really interesting as well when you look at catchments up here in queensland and um if you look at uh, in Brisbane at the moment, we've already and they've already sort of looked, I guess, started to look at these sort of things. Fortitude Valley, there's a new school being built in there. There's another one over uh, Dutton Park on the south side area where these they've got these new, um, I guess, building up schools as, as opposed to having these massive big playgrounds and schools spreading out over a, a vast amount of land. But they've actually built the schools going up. They've still got some playgrounds, um, but it's quite a smart way to build to utilise that minimum amount of space, but still have a lot of um, school catchment side of it. I guess the other thing that's important to think about is, you know, we're nine years out from a, a Olympic Games. Um, 2032, 
we've got the Olympic Games and the Paralympics here. Um, nine years out, there's a, there's a tight time frame. Probably something they've really got to consider, and that'll be a big part of this, I guess. Look, I think that, without a doubt, has been the catalyst for change um, and and ensuring that we are able to deliver on the housing needs for residents into the future. Um, Brisbane in 2023, the Olympic and Paralympic Games presents as the perfect opportunity to um, catalyse that long-term sustainable growth for Queenslanders um, by bringing forward a lot of the infrastructure projects and urban, urban development plans. We need the plan now to ensure that we are ready, um, especially in relation to our infrastructure for the influx of um, residents that will be coming to our city. And, and I guess on a short-term one with the Olympics, when you're looking at, what do we say, going up to 6 million people here, and then you're going to add all those people that come and visit us as well. You imagine what the roads are going to be like and, and during the, that Olympic Games sort of thing. So it's a really important time frame, and I, and I guess we're at that crossroads where we need to make decisions on what we're going to do, how we're actually going to, to plan ahead and how we're going to look into the future. It is such an important time for Brisbane and most people um, from around Australia as a whole, certainly locals here in Brisbane, we're always known as a city where you can buy um, a big block of land, have your house with a hills hoist in the backyard and still have room for the um, Christmas cricket or football. I don't think they do too many hills hoist these days, by the way. Okay, I might be <laughs> a little older than others. But, um, you know, this is the sort of living that we've become accustomed to in Brisbane and we now need to look at the way we live and, and make decisions and this is why this regional plan is in place. And we are at a crossroads. Do we give up that backyard to become a more densely populated city um, and look at um, consolidating some of that growth by, by building higher density development um, or do we spread out further? Um, we are geographically one of the most widespread cities across Australia. So you can see the complexities in terms of planning um, to ensure that we get that balance right. And that's what this plan tries to um, cover and encapsulate. Yeah, I think it's important. And when you sort of simplify that, it, we either grow up or, or we grow out. So we're either going to go up in size and we're going to have that density where people live a little bit closer, I guess, like some of the other big other capitals around like Sydney and Melbourne, um, where we start to condense and, and utilise the land that we actually have in close. We've obviously got the public transport. We've got those things that are accessible um, in closer or we start to spread out. Now, obviously, when you start to spread out where you do see other areas, um, those what we call little satellite sort of cities, I guess, um, where they pop up, you, you need that infrastructure, you need the transport, you need all the facilities as well. So interesting time to have a look whether you grow up or whether you go out. So I'd like to just sort of run through some of the population projections that are part of this um, shaping Southeast Queensland uh, regional plan because, of course, Brisbane is not one large area. Southeast Queensland is the large area, but we can look at each local government area um, to determine where they feel the majority of the population will be moving to. And this might give us some insights into um, the types of dwellings that they're looking to um, provide for through changes to planning schemes um, and also, you know, supply risk in terms of, you know, where we see some um, additional um, dwellings coming in place. So we've, if we look at Brisbane as a local government area, um, we're going to see a population change of about 36% uh, between today um, and the completion of this plan, which is 2046. So 
Um, when I say today, last population estimates were taken in 2021. Um, and for Brisbane, we're looking at, um, at that time, 1,264,000 residents, um, and that is projected to grow by 2046 to 1,721,000 residents, so an increase of 36%. So a lot more dwellings will be required in that inner city region. Um, and we've got to consider what land supply is left, and, and we know that there's not a lot. So um, we know that that dwelling um, type may change um, as we move to become a more densely populated city. So if we start then to move out away from, say, say Brisbane, we obviously head towards the coast or Ipswich, Logan, uh, Lockyer Valley, all those other areas. What sort of growth are they going to um, predict? Ipswich has got huge growth uh, potential and, and in fact the population projections show 126% growth in population between 2021 and 2046. So 2021 populations um, growth or population numbers were at 233,300 in the Ipswich um, City Council region. That's projected to grow to 528,000. So that's a huge change for Ipswich. And of course, we know we've talked about it so much on this podcast that there is a lot more land as you go yeah. to the southwest. Um, and so the type of dwellings that we can expect to see in that location may be more in line with um, with that expansion or, or you know land subdivision. Um, of course, that's not yet known and there will be some density targets for every local council region, but it is something to keep in mind for people that, you know, may be looking for, you know, single lot homes in that region. Some big, some big that's massive growth when you look at that, 126 percent um logan itself i mean you've you've got i'm looking at the notes you've got 88 percent um for logan as well that's right so projected population growth of 88.7 percent for the logan city council region so in 2021 population was sitting at 350,700 people by 2046 that's projected to grow to 662,000 people so an increase of 88 percent so again really strong um, you know, growth in the number of people that will be accommodated in that location. Um, Moreton Bay, also some strong growth, not quite as strong as Ipswich and Logan. So um, we've got 62% uh, population growth predicted uh, between 2021 and 2046, um, with a change from 484,400 through to 787,000 people living in that local government area. And I will say uh, Redlands, um, out on the eastern coastline to the south of the city. Um, population is projected to grow by 31%. So um, in 2021, only 161,700 residents, that's projected to grow to 212,000 um, between now and 2046. So yeah, if, if I just run back through those numbers, Ipswich leads the way with 126% um, growth in population, followed by Logan at 88%, followed by Moreton Bay at 62%, um, then Brisbane City Council at 36% growth and Redlands at 31%. And they are the areas across uh, Brisbane that we often talk about. Yeah, and I'll just throw a real quick one in. Then you've looked down somewhere like the Gold Coast and it's at about 60% predicted. They're already going up in uh, on the Gold Coast. So mm. I, I wonder whether that will continue to go up and stay close to the um, to the ocean, to the beach, where a lot of people love to live, 
Um, so, you know, there's huge growth um, that they're predicting there for southeast Queensland. And I will say when we look at southeast Queensland population growth projections as a whole with all city councils combined, and of course, I haven't gone through every city council region on this podcast because there are others outside of Brisbane that I haven't mentioned that do um, form part of southeast Queensland. But um, as a whole, southeast Queensland is projected to grow by 57%. So when we can see some of those areas that have higher growth projected in population than others, um, we then need to have a look at the supply to see have we got available land? What type of dwellings are coming? Uh, because it is the balance between supply and demand that will determine um, the direction of, of property prices. Just because more people move to a location does not guarantee that that's actually going to um, give you uh, capital growth or, or an increase in dwelling values. Because if you have the capacity for a lot more supply in those locations, then obviously that's not going to reside, result in price growth. It is the balance between supply and demand that matters and this is why this southeast queensland regional plan becomes so important uh, for people to understand how much what is the potential for supply to cater for this level of population growth in each of the council regions so maybe i, I need to stop telling people how good it is up here um how the lifestyle is and how affordable it is and and, and bragging about brisbane just to slow that population down a little bit um mm. so, so how look how do we meet the needs mm. It's a very good question. And, you know, when we look at Brisbane right now in comparison to some of the other cities around Australia, um, we have 73.4% of all dwellings that um, we have across our city being detached dwellings, that single lot homes. Um, that was in 2021. Compare that to Sydney, which sits at 55.8%, and Melbourne, which is 67. 8%. We are definitely a much lower density city. Even Adelaide at 75% um, detached dwellings um, has a higher, slightly higher uh, portion than Brisbane, but, but quite similar. Um, and Perth is actually sitting at 77.8%. So Brisbane um, definitely has a long way to go to be as um, densely populated, I guess you could say, as the likes of Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah, it's that, that's sort of surprising numbers. I mean, we were in Perth um, in January this year um, and, and I felt like there was a lot of land um, around me and yet it's, it's just a little bit more than, than Brisbane. So it's amazing how um, you sort of take that for granted. I guess you, you don't feel that there's that much land around you, but, um, you know, we, we are quite spread out um, and we do use up quite a lot of land as well. One thing I would like to point out, which is a really interesting comparison between Brisbane and other capital cities, is the change in the average site area um, for new developments or new blocks of land that are released to the market. So we can look back right from 2012 through to 2021 to see what is the average lot size for any new estates that have been released to the market in each capital city. Um, and what is interesting is that, you know, Brisbane has had a very, very small change in that average lot size. Um, they were actually unchanged from 2019 through to 2021. Um, so it does represent a, a clear stagnation in the downward trend in, in lot sizes. We like big blocks here in Brisbane, and that is how developers are, are cutting up that land. But um, right now, 2021, um, Brisbane has an average lot size of 459 square metres for new estates. Compare that to Sydney, which is only 423 square metres. Uh, Melbourne, 429 square metres. Uh, Adelaide, a little bigger than Brisbane at 468 square metres. And Perth, um, smaller at yeah. 399 
square meters. So, you know, for a city that needs to grow rapidly in terms of the number of dwellings that we provide, we're still providing that backyard, um, you know, with the potential for the hills hoist, even though I'm told no one has a hills hoist anymore. No. <laughs> you used to swing on them, I'm sure, when you were younger. So Absolutely. That, that is amazing how we, we didn't reduce for, for three years, um, mm. three, you know, since 20 or sorry, longer than that, um, where we didn't reduce our size of the land and yet we're starting to grow. Um, I, I think you'll see that probably will happen, um, that we will reduce a lot more. And I think that, you know, it also has an impact on affordability because obviously there's a land component that we purchase with the house as well as the dwelling itself. And of course, if our lot sizes remain um, much higher, we're, we're paying more for that land and, and potentially not getting the outcome that we need um, through through being a more densely populated city. And, and hence, it's the reason why the state government have issued this regional plan to ensure that councils, you know, filter through some of the density requirements that are going to be prescribed with this, within this plan to ensure we do provide the housing that is needed in the years ahead. So some strategies. What, what sort of strategies are they looking at and what sort of um, things do they look at when they start to plan these? Really good question. And I think fundamentally the biggest change that I've seen um, by reading this report, and by the way, I think there's a oh, 270 odd pages in this report. And I have actually read every page for you to deliver the highlights. Um, so um, I hope that you appreciate that time that, that I've put into this. But um, Previously, the targets for Southeast Queensland have been to maintain a minimum of 60% consolidation to 40% expansion dwelling growth ratio. Now, what I mean by that is that um, up until recently, local governments have had to provide for targets whereby 40% of the new dwellings that they supply have had to come from um, expansion, that is land subdivision, but 60% has had to come through higher density development, which is called consolidation. That ratio is changing. Brisbane is going to become more densely populated and the ratio of growth, um, sorry, of consolidation to expansion is going to change from 40 to 60 and it's going to increase 70% consolidation, 30% expansion. That's a big shift. Mm, big change. I think also um, that there's other elements within this city plan that do provide for um, achieving the delivery of 20% of all new homes in Southeast Queensland being either social housing, which includes public and community housing, um, or affordable housing, which is um, providing an opportunity for households on low or moderate incomes to purchase and buy into the property market. Again, this is not something that has been previously considered by um, infrastructure or, or regional planning schemes, but it is something that has formed part of this most recent update. So, so what about then dwelling targets? Obviously they need to, uh, I, I think by memory, you said it was something like 900,000. I'm going back to the start of the podcast now, but um, you know, that that's, that growth, obviously there needs to be targets when they look at dwelling supply. Yeah, look, I think for Southeast Queensland as a whole, um, this regional plan stipulates a dwelling supply target um, increase of 863,600 precisely new dwellings between 2021 and 2046. Now, um, there's also prescription within this plan for which local council regions um, will be providing, you know, what, what volume of, of that supply. So if we look at Brisbane City Council region, for example, an increase of 209,700 um, dwellings. Ipswich, 
107,900 dwellings. Logan, 108,400 dwellings. Moreton Bay, 123,000 dwellings. And Redlands, 20,000 dwellings. Um, and we can, of course, we can overlay that with the, um, the projected population growth. And that's going to give us insights into the type of dwelling supply that might be coming. So obviously it needs to combine with councils too. So when you start to look at councils, and you'll have to obviously look at the, the local planning schemes for each council as well to, to make sure they comply. Absolutely. So planning um, obviously starts at the top state government level um, with these sorts of um, regional plans, then that filters down into local planning schemes at a local council level. So there's obviously um, going to be supply targets that are provided to each council and then potentially we will see some updates to local council planning schemes to ensure that these targets can be achieved um, over the coming years. So um, this, this document, um, Shaping Southeast Queensland, really forms the overarching um, requirements for the region as a whole, but it is up to each council to then direct which land um, may be rezoned for the future. So if we look at um, going up um, mm. and, and things like so the, the higher density side of things, what sort of changes, how does it look? Where is it going to be? Where is it going to be? How <laughs> are they going to do it? That's going to be the biggest question yeah. on everyone's mind. Where is it going to be? And of course, right now, nobody really knows, but there's there's hints that we can look at within um, this regional planning scheme to get a pretty good idea. Um, and they describe what we call high amenity areas. And these are areas where um, it may be a centre. So that includes regional economic clusters, um, a capital city centre, a principal regional activity centre or a major regional activity centre. So the interpretation of that may be around large, um, you know, Westfield shopping centres. I know we've talked previously about um, discussions that have come out from the local Brisbane Council about seeing some land um, per repurposed for higher density development around those those sorts of districts where you've got transport hubs, you've got shopping, um, you've got employment, um, all within the same precinct. So high amenity areas like that are definitely likely to see some change in the future. Um, we're also going to potentially see um, high frequency public transport stations or public transport stops um, increase the, the dwelling supply ratio as well. So that's something that we um, would also be looking looking to monitor um but i guess you know nobody really knows and it's now a matter of waiting to see how council adopts the the dwelling targets that have been prescribed by the state government to see where those um higher density locations will be you know put in place yeah so it sounds like the as you said the shopping centers the public transport um obviously they're gonna have to look at car parking and density and things like that as well absolutely so i already know you know there's been some positive changes um, within the Brisbane City Council's approach to car parking. For example, in um, Kurilpa, a lot of people know that area as West End. Um, instead of prescribing a minimum number of car parking um, spaces uh, with each development, so normally developers have to meet uh, planning scheme requirements whereby, um, you know, recently, up until recently, they have had to provide for a minimum of 0.9 car parking spaces per one bedroom dwelling. So that's potentially all about to change. Um, and instead of pre prescribing a minimum number of car parking requirements per dwelling, they're going to prescribe a maximum number of car parking 
um, spaces per dwelling. And, and that's proposed at this point to be a maximum of 0.5 spaces per one bedroom dwelling. So there's going to be a lot of uh, properties in Brisbane that you will buy without a car park. Um, and they are trying to grow the city without being a car dependent city. And that is why, you know, if you are located close to a public transport um, or a high frequency public transport station, um, it's possible that you may have some higher density around you. Yes, that's going to encourage reuse that encourage sorry to people to use that public transport um, and get rid of the cars, get some bikes, get some scooters or or walk. Yeah, so I think that the main actions for local governments um, are going to require a change to more gentle density and dwelling diversity targets. So that's going to come through by um, a review of the car parking requirements. I just gave one example of, of how that's likely to change across all council regions in the future. Um, instead of having minimum car parking requirements, it's more likely we're going to start to see maximum car parking requirements to encourage developers to build stock um, where people don't need to rely on their car. Um, and that's how you know important public transport corridors are going to be in the future. Um, there's also potentially going to be a review of building height requirements, um, assessing the potential to allow up to three stories in low density areas um, or low to medium density areas. So currently there's a cap in most of these locations on two story dwellings. But of course, if you can go to three stories, it means you may not need to use as much land to build that dwelling. So this, these are all things that are to be discussed and tabled. Um, and encouraging that gentle density development. So um, this is also potentially going to be encouraged through financial incentives or other planning levers. Um, so density bonuses for, for developers, um, planning concessions, impact fees. These are the sorts of things that council can use as levers to encourage developers to build this type of stock. So there's going to be some change in the future in Brisbane. We've talked about this so many times on our podcast um, that we must you know, understand where these pockets of change are coming to be able to, um, you know, ensure we're not negatively impacted by that change, but also um, potentially we can benefit from it. So so we do talk, and this is all about Southeast Queensland, and obviously the going up, I guess, is probably a little bit closer towards Brisbane. Um, if you're going out, um, big growth areas, what, what sort of areas are we looking like? Yeah, obviously expansion is um, a different type of, of dwellings and council are promoting less development of this type, or rather the state government are promoting less development of this type. But if we look at some of the um, local government areas around Brisbane, um, Lanefield, Grandchester area around Ipswich is proposed as a future potential growth area. Um, Glamorgan Vale at Ipswich and Somerset region is also um, earmarked for future growth. Uh, North Harbour at Moreton Bay as well. So South Logan, which is currently an industrial area, um, has been proposed as a future growth area. Um, and also Mundulin, um on the Logan Scenic Rim, um, in the Logan re re Scenic Rim region. Excuse me, I've got my words mixed up. Um, these are areas where we may see more land subdivisions happening and new estates popping up in the future. And this is the expansion um, part. Of course, no land left in Brisbane City Council for that purpose. So Brisbane City Council um, will have very little uh, expansion uh, in terms of single dwellings. And as I said, what when that sort of expansion comes along, obviously there's Again, you look at that transport side of it again. Um, as we start to spread out, obviously there will need to be roads, freeways, public transport um, to accommodate that spread as well as you start to um, expand out a bit. Mm. One last thing I'll say before we wrap up is that, you know, every time we we increase the population, we've got to consider how we, 
work move, how industry performs. And the other thing that needs to be considered is industrial land, because we do need a lot of industrial land to, you know, accommodate warehouses and, um, and office space and things that, uh, you know, keep our economy moving as well. Um, but what's interesting is that um, as the region grows, current projections show the future supply of industrial land in the Brisbane local government area uh, will be exhausted um, within the 10 to 15 year planning uh, or period of this plan. So um, the projection is that there will no, be no industrial land left within the Brisbane LGA um, very, very soon. So land is a there's a finite supply of land yeah. you can't just create more and more of it and this is why it's so important for people to understand and why we have these planning schemes that that come into play um, because there's so many things that need to be considered um, it's not just about providing housing but it's also providing employment it's providing infrastructure it's the movement of people it's the education of people um, there's so much that goes into this and um, certainly um, we haven't been able to cover you know all of the detail that's in this plan, but hopefully enough to give you some insights into how Brisbane might change in the future. Yeah, I definitely think there's some huge changes, um, some amazing things that will happen here in southeast Queensland. Uh, unfortunately, we can't go through that 200 and something odd pages. I'm sure you'd probably like to, um, but that would that would go on for quite a while. So, look, hopefully that's been good information, sharing how how things are starting to plan, things are starting to change. Um, if you if you want to know more, obviously reach out to, to Streamline Property Buyers. We've, we have lots of information. Melinda does the blogs. Um, but um, we'll until next week, as, as I usually do, I will let Melinda wrap it up and we'll talk again next week. Take care and bye for now. Yes, thank you again for joining us on the Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, it, as always, if you do enjoy our episodes, please leave us a review. You can subscribe to our podcast by Googling Brisbane Property Podcast. Um, hit your favourite podcast player and hit the subscribe button. Um, we also run our episodes on YouTube. So if you're wanting to watch um, us talk, you can also uh, watch that way. And don't forget to hit subscribe on YouTube if you choose that method of um, information delivery. If you enjoyed this episode, um, I hope that you have too. And I look forward to speaking with you again next week. Thank you so much. Bye for now. Thanks for tuning in today. Please remember everything we have spoken about on this podcast is general in nature and we always recommend that you obtain independent advice in relation to your specific circumstances. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe or leave us a review on iTunes and of course tell your friends about us. If you would like to get in contact, please visit www.brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au or email us at info at brisbanepropertypodcast.com.au. Feel free to send in any questions and we will try to answer them in future episodes.